Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fade Route with D and Z. I am D, and we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to talk about Jack Del Rio's dust up, the NBA Finals, and we're going to order up our favorite football jerseys. But we'll begin today's show with a preview of the Stanley Cup Finals. Despite being down two games to nothing, the defending champion Tampa Bay Lightning came back to win. Four straight to get to their third straight Stanley Cup Finals, where they will meet the Colorado Avalanche. Can the Lightning win their third Cup in a row? Z. Well, first and foremost, congratulations to the Lightning. They took it to the Rangers. They mucked it up even more than the Rangers needed to to survive. Uh, they played to the whistle. They played through the whistle in some instances. Uh, a couple of, you know, the a couple of players stood out above and beyond. Kucherov, as we know, Stamkos came up big. Mikhail Sergachev had a had a stellar series, and you also had Andre Vasilevsky. So, can they? They're there. So they they have the the opportunity has presented itself. Now, what's interesting to me is that. The Avalanche have had nine days off, whereas nine, nine. nine. So this could very well be a rust situation in the same way that the Rangers were able to blitz the lightning the first game for a two to six and then never got close to six ever again. So it's quite possible that that can be the early onslaught from the Tampa Bay Lightning as far as Colorado Avalanche goes. Francouz currently is the starting goaltender. Darcy Kemper, he might be in the lineup. He has been out since game one of the Western Conference Finals against the Edmonton Oilers. So if Darcy Kemper is in goal, that presents a little bit of a problem because Darcy Kemper's 6'5". He's a big guy. And a big guy makes a big target. Now... Because of that, is he uh, is he going to present more of a challenge to Tampa Bay and their skill? You have to say yes. Um, overall, it's going to be a good matchup. You do have, you know, you have the veteran nature of the Tampa Bay Lightning, the players that were unproven previously, because this roster has turned over. We've mentioned it, right? Cedric Paquette is gone. You have Yanni Gord is gone. You've had players that were key cogs in this championship run. And they're gone now, you know? And they're being replaced by other players like Belmar, like... Um, uh, like, um, I'm blanking on his name right now, but the right winger on the third line. But... Um, 
they're seamlessly fitting in and this is a good quality this is a good quality to have where you can just kind of keep going and kind of take it from there Colorado I mean they do have plenty of playoff experience they don't have their best players have not been this far ever so you know at this point Tampa Bay for their best players it's been there done that and for Colorado to be successful, they're going to have to blitz Tampa Bay and they're going to have to blitz them often. So another thing that really needs to be hammered home, Brandon Hagel, that was the guy. Left wing, not right wing. Bra- Brandon Hagel, that was the guy. But um, I don't know, it just popped into my head. But if Thank Bra- you, Google. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, ESPN. But... Um, the X factor here, right? You have two, right? You actually have two on Colorado and you have one on Tampa Bay. If Braden Point plays, Braden Point is an X factor for Tampa Bay and they were trying to fill in as best as they could and they did an admirable job, but Braden Point definitely adds depth to this roster, adds depth to this, this group of forwards. Whereas Kemper, I, me- I mentioned already, but if Nazim Kadri is playing, this could be interesting because he is a grit guy. He's a sandpaper guy. He gets he gets under your skin and makes you take penalties because he, much like the players on Tampa Bay, he'll play to the line. He'll occasionally cross it, and he has he has a rep in this league. So if Kadri can play at all, this will be a very intense very physical, very chippy series, and there's no reason that Tampa Bay can't win. There's no reason that Colorado can't win. This is, in fact, a pick and if you're going to ask me to, just because I'm bitter, I'm saying Colorado in seven. I was going to say, you're pretty bitter. I, I can tell you're bitter. Listen, I mean, this is, this is the best story, and these are the best possible outcome, okay? We want to see a dynasty in hockey. It doesn't happen much. Last time it happened was the New York Islanders in the 80s. The Colorado Avalanche are the most talented team. And we get to see them go against the two-time defending champions. You know my motto. To be the man. Well, it's not mine. Ric Flair's motto. Woo! To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Alright? And let me tell you. The Tampa Bay lightning man they showed their stuff man they showed their stuff and and i you know ranger fans are bitter they want to blame it on the schedule they want to blame it on how tired they were i don't want to hear it they got beat by the defending champions and you want to chant igor's better in madison square garden that's what's going to happen you you mess with one of the best goalies in the league and he shut them down Dude, I think he's only given up like one goal or three. he's given up three goals, I think, in his last like eight or nine game sevens. Like, come on, man. And I think it's his last 18 uh, game clinching series. He's a wall. And they, they've got talent. They've got your talent. Ryan McDonough, former captain of the New York Rangers, is on their team going for his second cup or maybe his third? Third, I think. He's going At this for point, his third. His third. Like, come on. They're talented. Kucherov, I, I love this man. I love his game. He's so smooth. And I, 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 have the, I have the Lightning winning in seven, you know. And 
so talk to me about your Rangers. Like, listen, they're my Rangers too, but that was the dismal display. Are you going to go along with everybody else and say, hey, man, they retired, they gave it their all? Or are you going to chalk it up to they got beat by a better team? They got beat because they were tired and they got but beat they, by a better team. They okay, can, they got, both can be true. There's no. You are, no, 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 no. Both can absolutely be true. And do not bullshit me on this. Like, you do not, do not do that because they absolutely were dog tired. You can see it. They were they played in back to back seven game series, and Tampa Bay was better. Both can be true. Don't pull that stuff because it is, in fact, true. If they, if the Rangers. One game three. This is do a different you, story. Do you think it goes seven? It goes seven. It still goes seven. So Tampa still wins three in a row. Possibly. I wow. think that I think that I, I think that if the New York Rangers are up three one three zero, even three, three zero. one. Yeah. Even if they're three one, I still think they had a puncher's chance. They went in, they did what they had to do. They did not finish the job. But they showed enough early on that they were they were not afraid. They were not afraid of these guys. They definitely weren't. They definitely and that's weren't. important. That is and important. And they came out swinging, man. They came out swinging. And Ryan McDonough said it that that game three it was a it was a game it was a series changing goal mm-hmm. that Tampa scored to win that game. And they just never looked back, man. They you never ha- looked back. You had them on the ropes. Had them. And you could knock done. them out. They were done. They were they were looking for their mouthpiece. That's it. And, and let, let them get back but up. But that's, that's the scariest part of this team, right? It's like they fall down, but they never waver. There's never a sense of urgency. There's never we're worried. It's, you know, these guys let us back in the series and they're going to regret it. That's like the mindset. Uh, and I don't. I think that's what the pro. That's the issue. The Avalanche are gonna have is unless you're knocking these guys down, they're gonna keep coming back. And the Avalanche goalie situation is is really shaky. And what do you need in in hockey? You need the hot goaltender. You need the hot goalie. Is there anybody hotter than Tampa's goalie right now? I don't think so. So if you're if you're forced to play Frank Coos, if you're forced to play the backup if Kemper can't go, this could be a sweep. This could absolutely be a sweep. Now yeah, the thing is, I agree. is that because you're, yeah. you're not facing Mike Smith, yet yeah, you may need to put up eight. To, <laughs> you may need to put up eight, but Vasilevsky isn't giving up eight. No, he's not Mike no, Smith. No. <laughs> he's, he's just not. But you, as the Colorado Avalanche, cannot give up that many. You cannot. And, you you have yeah. to be a wall around your goalie. And even with this extra time off, I gotta be honest. I can't see this man giving up more than three goals a game to this team. I just can't. And they really gotta. They really gotta make sure they win that first game, or it could get ugly. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they teach the necessary skills of teamwork, sportsmanship, and fair play. One organization that we are proud to partner with is Osning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. 
If you have a child between the ages of 4 and 18, registration for the Fall 2022 Spring 2023 season opens April 27th with an early bird special. Sign up before June 15th for only $175 per child. For more information, to sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the youth soccer experience with Austining AYSO. That's AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. AYSO201.org. Visa and MasterCard payments only. But other things topping headlines last week, the Washington Commanders defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio commented on the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol as a minor dust-up. His comments were met with so much opposition that he walked them back, apologized, and deleted his Twitter account. All of that did not stop the Washington commanders from fining Del Rio $100,000. Did the Washington commanders do enough? If Del Rio thinks that was a minor dust-up, I would love to know what he thinks a major dust-up is. Because we saw it in front of our eyes, right? We watched it in live history, right? It happened, it unfolded in front of our eyes. We watched the storming of the Capitol take place. Like, this is gaslighting at the heart of it. It is absolute gaslighting on Del Rio's part. Seeing what happened and the aftermath of it, like, come on. Now, they absolutely, the Washington Commanders, they're, oh, they have so much scandal. And the commies. At this point, you know, the comms, the commies, whatever you want to call them, they, there's been so much drama, so much nonsense that they had to do something and 100K... I mean, it feels like he's getting off light. I mean, he got dragged through the court of public opinion. He had to issue a public apology. He had to, he had to apologize to Coach Rivera. He had to apologize to the rest of the team for being a distraction, which is like the lamest fucking apology that you can be, that you can make. Because if he doubled down, if he really, if he doubled down on it, he probably would have gotten fired. And not even because people disagree with him but because of the media's backlash that it would cause. But in this instance, I think hitting him in the wallet is definitely the way to go, and it's a good opening salvo, kind of like, you know, keep your mouth shut, and if you do it again, you're out on your ass. Yeah, I mean, when I first saw these comments, I was like, this guy needs to resign. I mean, what is he thinking? He He's a defensive coordinator for a team called the Washington Commanders. A team that's looking to get a new football stadium. And this is what you say, this is what you come out as they're doing the January 6th hearings? Mm-hmm. I mean, check him for CTE. But then I saw that this is this is his this is who he is, right? Uh, he attacked Otis Taylor during a strike in 1987. You know, for Otis Taylor was crossing the line as a scab uh, 
while Jack Del Rio was a linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he pushed him, attacked him, knocked the guy to the ground. Was that a minor dust-up? Jack, he has a history of making poor decisions, clearly. So, in that regard, I'm giving him a pass, but it's not its not surprising. You, you know, you just got to keep your mouth shut. Like, there's no reason why you had to comment on this. There's no reason why you had to say anything. And it, this all comes from your, your comments being hurtful for those who were negatively impacted, right? It's like, there's just certain things you don't say and just certain things you don't do. If he wants to have those feelings that it was a minor dust-up, keep that opinion to yourself. Absolutely. You don't have to bring that out in the open so that people can see what an inconsiderate asshole you are. As far as, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know, the, the phrase is, you know, you're showing ass. And this is a showing ass type statement. And he shows he was an ass. So, I mean, it, would it have bothered me if he resigned? No. Would it have bothered me if they fired him? No. Does it bother me that he gets to keep his job? No. Right. Right. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him lose his job over this, especially after I see that this is your, this is who he is. Right. But still, it's like you know, I I can see, I can see where, I can see where it would be appropriate for some kind of action, but also with the organization he's with, it's like nothing is out of bounds. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But one of the thing, one of the other headlines this organization is receiving is mandatory mini camps started opening up this week and among the no-shows was scary terry who's entering the final year of his rookie contract and wants a new deal rightfully so contract talks are progressing nicely but how important is it for the washington commies to get their star wide receiver into camp a lot of washington talk today it's very interesting that we're keeping it not just in the nfc east but particularly in the dmv area East Coast, uh, I-95, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to actually, we're going to talk about Baltimore next. So this is perfect. But uh, it's important. It's critical that Terry McLaurin gets into camp and builds some level of rapport with his new quarterback, Carson Wentz. You have to go in and you have to, you, if you're going to be anything in this division, and it doesn't look like they are, but, you know, if you have any aspirations of being anything in the division, you need to have your best players practicing together so that you have some sense of chemistry and you're actually going to be, you know, somewhat of a threat. If you're looking at it, right? He peaked in 2020, 87 catches for 1,100, almost 1,118 yards. Last year, 77 for 1,053 and five touchdowns. So, you know, not great numbers, decent, solid, but if he builds that rapport 
kind of like what you know what certain things have like uh, let's say a CD Lamb and Dak Prescott or like uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill once had or Devontae Adams once had with Aaron Rodgers you know if you can build that level of trust and rapport those numbers can go up exponentially and a rising tide floats all boats especially with a team that's as mediocre as the Washington Commanders Ah, you have them in low regard. I think they're better than you're saying. I mean, I know the you know they just got Carson Wentz, who was a throwaway, really from the Colts. No. Um, Antonio Gibson, young young running back, showing a lot of promise, got a lot of intangibles, a lot of skills. Logan Thomas, young tight end, good player. Um, you know they 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 need Terry to be there. He's the future of their receiving core, and you know we we assume he we assume that the quarterback is going to be Carson Wentz, but Taylor Heineke is their backup, right? Mm-hmm. We, he needs to get reps with him too because that could happen at any moment. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel missed pretty much all of last year; just really couldn't get on the on the field. He's back. Uh, Montez Sweat is going to be on that defense, like. They're in a division that's not a world beater, right? You could get nine wins in this in this division, and you can make the playoffs and be a competent team. Despite Jack Del Rio's comments, Ron Rivera is a great coach. Not a good coach, a great coach. He's the best of his players. And people forget, two years ago, when they played the Buccaneers in the first round of the playoffs, they almost had them. Heineke was keeping them in the game. Ultimately, Brady won, but you know they're they're a competent team, and it's important to you know. For me, I always think of minicamp is they're doing their installs, they're installing the offense, they're getting people into shape, and then really training camp is getting tuned up for the season. So in that respect, I think it's important that he comes into camp where you know we see Kyler Murray. You know he winded up reporting. We're going to talk later a little bit about Lamar showing up. This is a winnable division. Come in and we can work out the contract another time. Well, this is, you know, that that aspect of it is true. You go in, you show that you're a team guy, you're there, you let your agent do your, you know, you let the agent do the negotiation. That's why you pay your agent. But... Yeah, I don't hold this team in high regard. You're absolutely right because they've regressed at a quarterback. They've regressed at the most important position. I don't believe in Carson Wentz. I have, I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face. I know that you and I differ on him, but he is a huge step back from Taylor Heineke. Not not, not even mentioning Alex Smith. You think right? he's a huge step back from Taylor Huge. Heineke. Huge. <laughs> huge. This man was in a ready-made situation in Indy, and all he did was not fuck it up. And he went and fucked it up. Yeah. Like that's all That's all you need to know about this man. And I'm not discounting Gibson. I think he's a fantastic running back. McLaurin with the right guy is good. 
I mean, Logan Thomas, solid. He is solid. a little, he's a little, I mean, he's on the older side already because he was a quarterback that he turned, they turned into a tight end. So he's definitely on, I think he's in his thirties, if not uh, at like early thirties. So that's diff- that's definitely interesting. The offensive line is definitely a work in progress. I mean, the left side, you have Leno and Norwell. I mean, decent. And we'll see what it is. But the defense, outside of the pass rush, I'm not wooed. I'm not wowed. Like, the, you know, you, if you can get to the quarterback, great. Because you're going to need to. <laughs> Do you think they're uh, you think they're regretting that... Uh that new name yet the commanders do you think that regret has set in yet i don't know i mean because what were the alternatives i mean the washington football team i mean it grew on me i don't i can't speak uh, i'm not it's i'm such not a gonna, cop out it's a cop out it's such i'm a not cop out. but it did it grew on me what do you what can you say because like, what are the what were the alternatives right the the warthogs the red wolves the red tails red tails was cool monuments was cool Right, presidents was cool. There's a lot of different options. Glad they didn't yeah. go with the guardians. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, we have guardians and commanders. I don't know, you know, can, can we get more generic? But um, you know, I, I'm fine with it because they need to get as far away from the Redskins as possible. And I mean, there's nothing. Nothing says naval about the Washington Armada. About- Armada was the other one. Armada commanders, <laughs> like no body of water next to them. <laughs> I mean, they're they train in Richmond, so like the James River is there, but you don't have an armada. You don't send an armada up a river. I'm pretty sure the Spaniards did not send them up a river in 1588. <laughs> if they did, maybe, maybe they would have been more successful. Maybe you know, maybe the maybe they're onto something. But you know who else is onto something? Lamar Jackson. He showed up to minicamp yesterday to take his physical. Star QBs in the final year of his contract with the Baltimore Ravens. So were you surprised to see him show up without a new deal? I was extremely surprised. But this is Lamar betting on himself. And knowing how important it is for him to be at mandatory minicamp. Uh, listen, I, I, I think they're going to work this out. I think they're going to get a deal done. But... I mean, kudos for him, you know, betting on himself and and just wanting to be there for his teammates, his team, and trying to get better. I think it's important that, you know, you definitely need to get in on the ground level and try and build up something with these wideouts because, frankly, you don't have much. Right? You have Bateman. We're still trying to figure out if Bateman is a top-notch receiver. Duvernay, is Duvernay a kick returner or is he an all-around player? I don't know that. You know, Sammy Watkins is gone. You have Prochet, like he's going to be your number three. This is a very, you know, this offense is very strange. It's <laughs> it's just for the, the lack of a better term, it's very Yeah, I don't I don't strange. really know. I don't really know. I don't know what they're going to be running. I would assume that. They're going to be running J.K. Dobbins a lot. Oh, a lot, back. a lot. I think he's going to have a good year, actually. I'm not I'm not, um, I'm not. not worried about him. I think he's no. going to have a really good year. I think Dobbins, if he stays healthy, he's going to be really good. I mean, they have – there are three running backs deep. You have Gus Edwards. You also have Mike Davis. 
you have players there, and oh, your pet, but it, it, as a third string, he's fine. But if Dobbins is out, he gets elevated to second string. So I mean, and then the immortal Gus Edwards is back in again. But this team, <laughs> like they 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 traded Hollywood Brown. Like, that yeah, and they still it, based on the depth chart I'm looking at, they haven't replaced him. I'm sorry. The offense runs through Mark Andrews. Well, listen, they they open up their season against the Jets on 9-11. Wow. Looking at the Jets' first 10 games, Jeebus. Listen to this gauntlet. The Jets, the New York Jets, play the Ravens, the Browns, the Bengals, the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Packers, the Broncos, the Patriots, the Bills, and the Patriots. Jesus Can you Christ. say, gee, if they had an AD, it would be he would be fired. <laughs> Yeah, that's, they definitely that's, they uh, that's, that's two and eight right there. If you're lucky, you might be able to squeak one out against the Browns. And I don't know, maybe you beat the Dolphins. But geez, oh, that's brutal. Pretty much starting off, you start off with four games straight against the AFC North. Ouch. Ouch. It's, yeah, and if you definitely are in some trouble. <laughs> But, you know, Lamar Lamar Jackson could very well be in some trouble, too. You know, because if you're looking at last year, right, he only started 12 games, right? It was 7-5 overall. I mean, 65% completion, 64.4, fine, whatever. 16 touchdowns, 13 picks. Not that great, you know? Sounds like, like a second year or a rookie year, right? It doesn't yeah. sound like a guy that just came off being an MVP. It's not, uh, it, it doesn't instill much confidence, but like all it did was reignite the fact that they don't have any weapons around him. Like, and I don't understand what they're doing because they're systematically like stripping away these weapons and they're giving him rookies. And I don't see that this is going to benefit him because uh, unless they're gonna, unless they're in the market for Julio Jones. Which we've been possible. saying that for a while. You've been saying that for like two years now. I've been saying that, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, for, yeah, for a very long time. Sons you know, with the, from the Titans trade. I mean, if the if the Ravens can score Julio Jones and Julio Jones plays up to caliber, the the Titans are going to look so bad for well, giving up all of that to get uh, what half a year word on the street is the Carolina Panthers are looking to pick up Baker, uh, but they want the Browns to eat the majority of his salary. And that'd be interesting if Baker goes down to Carolina so that Carolina has Darnold and Baker. Two two of the top ten picks in that draft, right? Yeah, and meanwhile, Lamar Jackson's outclassing both of them. Pretty much. And really, Josh Allen is just killing everybody. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrowniecode.com, for their Friday brownie drops. 
at noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co. Because there's always room for a brownie. But, you know, another news kind of buried this, right? I mean, the Golden State Warriors came out firing last night to improve their record at home to 11-1 and this postseason. The Celtics were previously undefeated after a loss during the postseason. Well, they lost last night. Now, the winner of Game 5 usually goes on to win the series. If the Warriors go on to win the series, Will Steph Curry go down as a top 10 player of all time? So that's a good question. I mean, if you take into account the entirety of it, including the postseason, absolutely, Steph Curry is definitely going to be up on that list. Now, I'm not saying that he is going to be high on the top 10. Like, you know, he could sneak in at around 7 or 8 because you do have a lot of other players. We can't be too myopic and we can't be prisoners of the moment, right? Because we also have Jordan. You're going to have guys like Bill Russell, like all-time great winners. And Steph Curry... Steph Curry is taking advantage of this modern NBA. And I still believe that if you move him to another era, he's not as effective, right? Whereas if you have a guy like Michael Jordan or Bill Russell in the relaxed rules of this current NBA, we'd be talking about, you know, they'd be gods. So, you know... Is he going to... He's going to be there already, in my opinion. But it is very interesting that he not only has the record, he has the second spot on that in terms of consecutive games with a three-pointer made. But if we're looking at this, it's major credit to Andrew Wiggins and Clay Thompson, right? Because Steph did not have a good night. He only had 16 points. 7 to 22 from field, 0 for 9 from 3, and those guys stepped up because you got nothing from Draymond. You got, you know, 8 points. Thanks for coming, Draymond. You got 2 from Otto Porter Jr. Wow. Yeah. And then what? Gary Payton, the second, got 15. Jordan Poole got 14. Nobody else posted. Oh, Kayvon Looney got 2. My man. A A whole 2. So there's your offense right there. When, when this team doesn't post and they still win by 10, that's a good sign. It's a good sign that, that the Warriors are rounding into form. And we are going to find out on, on this Thursday if they can seal the deal on the road in Boston. And Steph Curry is angry at his performance, right? And an angry Steph Curry is a dangerous Steph Curry. And I want to see... 
I want to see him shoot the lights out because shooters are going to shoot. It's what they do. And I know, I don't know. I really don't know if Boston has an answer on the perimeter for Steph Curry, who's motivated like that. Well, I want to see game six, Clay. That's what I want to see. That's what I'm tuning in for for the next game. But, I mean, when I first saw this, it's, it's weird, right? Because I think he's already, I think Steph Curry is already the best shooter of all time. But I don't think he's a top 10 player of all time, which is weird to say, right? You would think the best shooter mm-hmm. of all time would be a top 10 player. Um, he, you know, he uh, he's an interesting one. He's just a result of the times. He's a result of where we are in, you know, in, in the era of basketball. But if even if even if he wins this next title and he gets his fourth ring, I, I don't think he enters that top ten player. Because I have what I have: MJ, Magic, Bird, LeBron, Kareem, Shaq, Kobe, Barkley, Elijah, Juan, Chamberlain, Russell. You know, those you're not better than those guys. Maybe top ten guard, right? Yeah. Michael, Magic, Kid, Gary Payton, Nash, Ray Allen, Stockton. Reggie Miller. Okay, yeah, he could become a top ten guard of all time, but he probably is already a top ten guard of all time. So, I don't think I don't. This win, this win does a lot for him in the sense that I think it. If he's better than Durant, if he gets this, he beats Durant out, um, and I think he takes a step towards LeBron. Um, you know, LeBron for me changed the game because he was the first player since I think Magic that could really play all five positions and he went to the finals like almost every year in a row the problem with LeBron was that he lost finals and a lot of times he what he went to Miami to team up with players he he was always teaming up with guys you know it wasn't like like his team like let's not be twisted Golden State Warriors they're Steph's team even though last game he was 0 for 9 from 3 and only had like 16 points and they still won the game despite those numbers they won but i i still think the he needs to be on the team right he's still their most valuable player i wouldn't say golden state could get any further without him right no definitely not so so that's where that's where i am on steph i think you know it, to beat lebron he'd probably have to win two more titles you know and then I'd say, okay, this was really the Steph Curry era. And, you know, LeBron may have had, you know, what, the 2002 to 2012, 2013. But, you know, Steph came on strong with Clay. And, you know, you don't want people debating during your time if you were the best. If people have to debate during your time if you were the best, then you really weren't. Like, nobody's coming out and saying, like, Clyde Drexler was just as good as Michael Jordan, right? You know, <laughs> so it was clear, pretty clear and cut who the best player of that era was. No, it absolutely was. And it goes to show you, actually, in the nature of the argument, because of who they're trying to compare this to, right? Because LeBron he's being mentioned in the breath of Michael Jordan in the breath of Kobe like that echelon of players Steph Curry 
Like, we're still debating whether or not Kevin Durant is still, like, he's still talking, we're still talking about contemporaries with Steph. Right, not all time, right. Yeah, so, like, if you are, if you, like you said, if you are mentioning him with contemporaries, then he's not there yet. Now, if we are going to do player comps with all-time greats, I mean, for me, in terms of shooters, it's him and Reggie Miller. Like, that's that's fine by me. Like, we can put him in the same rarefied air as Reggie Miller or Robert Ory. Ray like, Allen. Ray, Ray Allen. Allen. Yeah, that's fine. Like, we can definitely do that, but he isn't he hasn't separated himself so far from his contemporaries that we're not mentioning him because LeBron like who are we talking about with LeBron in terms of contemporaries nobody like absolutely nobody well I think a lot of people like to talk about Durant I do eh. people do Eh, I agree I with you. Yeah. I agree with you, but people do. There was a time when they were saying that he was the Slim Reaper, you know, and and that he just was, you know, he wasn't, he just didn't, he didn't have the players LeBron had, you know. Right, but then he went and joined the Gold State Warriors. That's when I lost respect for Kevin Durant. And then all the stuff about the burner accounts and all that stuff. Like when when he developed, when he really showed ass and was like. Uh, you know, showed he has rabbit ears and his very thin skin. Like, that removed all modicum of respect that I had for him. And then the Brooklyn thing just kind of, like, you know, at that point when the Brooklyn thing happens, it's just like, what do you expect, man? What do you expect? This is is who Kevin Durant is. He showed you years ago. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Well, the other thing we're finding out is we're finding out about a, a lot of what what some golfers are made of, right? The Live Tour kicked off this weekend to the dismay of the PGA Tour, where suspended players Sergio Garcia, Dustin Johnson, Matt Jones, and Phil Mickelson, just to name a few, joined up with the live tour is there a better way for the pga tour to approach the situation well like anything that we've seen right in the beginning it's mocked then eventually they start to acknowledge you then they start to take things that you have made popular and then they just absorb your leak. Like, that is what you're seeing, right? <laughs> then they just absorb your leak. Then they just absorb it because you run out of money, right? If that's what we've seen from the ABA, that's what we saw from the WHA. We've, we've seen this, right? The three-point shot was not in the NBA until the ABA merged, right? The NFL and the AFL. These mergers happened. 
But first, these upstart leagues are ridiculed because, oh, they don't have the financial backing or, oh, they're in small markets or, oh, this, oh, that. This particular, this particular tour, they're coming out swinging. Like, they are throwing a lot of money around and they are getting big names, right? The, they didn't get Rory yet. They didn't get Tiger Woods yet. But you have multiple-time PGA champions, right? You mentioned DJ. You mentioned Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Charles Schwartzel. Charles Schwartzel just won the first live event, right? He is a former winner. You have a roster full of guys that have pelts on the wall. They have name recognition. So you're going to get eyes. You are definitely going to get eyes. But at some point, the PGA Tour is going to have to stop with the enmity between them, right? Because you had, you know, you had the league president, you had uh, Jay Monahan coming out saying that, you know, oh, you know, they need us. Really, dude? Really, dude? Charles Schwartzel just took home a clean $4 million for winning that event. They don't need you, dude. I think the last place, I think last place is like 130000 Excuse me. Uh, you know, I, they, they're doing just fine. Eventually, it may come to the point where you're merging these leagues, you're merging these tours, but, you know, they're not there yet. But the PGA Tour, what they need to do is just shut up. Shut yeah. up and just let them have their moment, have goodwill, have grace and try and work with them. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I I don't know how the PGA Tour could think acting in this way is going to attract... is going to attract golfers to come play on tour or going to get the golfers that got suspended and left to come back. Um, it seems like the PGA, or the PGA Tour is acting like a jealous ex-girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, that's what I feel like. Um, if golfers want to play on another tour, let them. They're still playing the majors, so what does it matter? If anything, the PGA Tour should accept the competition, right? And hope that the new tour brings a new audience or new revenue streams, uh, new competitions that you could create. Stop look at them as a competitor but try to benefit from that competitor don't fight with them figure out a way to compensate players and try to build cross-functional deals for the future i mean let's see the pga tour is funded by billionaire corporations right and probably the tv networks but eventually Eventually, that Live Tour is probably going to get a TV contract. And if I'm not mistaken, the Live Tour is pretty much funded by the Saudi Arabian government. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Those so, pockets are deep. Right. The pockets are deep. And, you know, uh, to quote what Phil Nicholson, I believe, said, some scary motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, so 
you know what what's your angle here uh, it sh- it should be you know and a lot of the people who are playing the PGA tour is what they're trying to they're trying to play for the history right there's history of the US Open there's history um, at some of these events that's wonderful the live tour is trying to is trying to spark something new it's trying to create a general general a, a new revenue stream that everybody should be trying to take a part of and not fight with absolutely you know like i said before a rising tide floats all boats now can you can you gripe about how we got here right can we gripe about the issue between phil mickelson and you know the blood money comment and all that you can absolutely gripe about this but at the end of the day the goal of the PGA Tour the goal of the Live Tour is to promote the game of golf is to get as many eyeballs on it as possible and to inflate the purses as much as possible to get these guys paid right it's like at the end of the day what do we always talk about the answer to everything is money money and and for the live tour, these are accomplished golfers. They've made their money. Okay, so now they're trying to they're trying to make more money. They're trying to pad their stats. They, you know, I don't I don't see how you're going to compete with that. If there's a young college kid who's trying to get into golf and join a tour, and he sees that oh, if I come in last in the live tour, I'm going to make 150, 185 thousand dollars. Meanwhile, I can't even get on the PGA Tour. My expenses are going to be so high, I'm not going to be able to make it. No, it's, you know, that's as quietly as it's kept. It's very difficult, you know, and it's a con, you know, it's a constant grind. And, you know, most, most golfers, they don't earn their tour card until very late. That's why you have, like, that's why you have this window and then you go into the champions tour. So it's one of those things that you got to strike while the iron's hot. So it wouldn't, it would behoove some of these guys if the Saudis want them. And, you know, it's a no cut league. It's, you know, it's like there are no cut events. So I know if I'm making a guaranteed $130,000, even if I shit the bed, I'm going to do that. I'm absolutely going to do that. And if that forces the PGA to turn around and, you know, kind of alter their business model to include these no-cut events, maybe that's kind of what you need in order to kind of get these guys back into the fold. But you have plenty of players like Sergio Garcia. Now, granted, Sergio Garcia is Sergio Garcia at this point. You know, he's... He's pouty. He's whiny. That's that's who Sergio is. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have a point. It's time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up. FaderoutMail at gmail.com. Or slide in those DMs at Fade Route Podcast on IG or 
drop us a line on our Twitter page at FadeRouteDNZ. All right, boys and girls, we have a full email box for you. And if you want to slide it in our mailbox, hit us up at faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at faderoutepodcast on IG or faderoutednz on Twitter. The first email today comes from Ben in Osney. Hey, guys. People like to refer to Draymond Green as a future Hall of Famer. Can a guy with the same number of fouls as points in an NBA Finals really be considered a Hall of Famer? Uh, The short answer for me is no. Um, I don't know why people like Michael Wilbon, Stephen A. Smith, and Jalen Rose say Draymond Green is a Hall of Famer. I don't care if he facilitates the offense and they play better when he's on the court. His style of play doesn't work everywhere. And we'll see that when he leaves Golden State. I'm not sure I'm taking him over Garnett, Rodman, Barkley, Malone, or Duncan. I don't see it either, to be perfectly can't, honest. Can't, can't figure no. it out. I, can't, I don't, I don't why see it. it. Because he's good to the media. Like He's always good for a soundbite. That's the thing about Draymond Green. He's always going to... He's going to court the media. You're going to know exactly where he stands. He's candid. He's engaging. And, you know, that's important. That is absolutely important. However, if you look at his play, right? Career, 8.7 points, 6.9 rebounds, 5.4 assists. Triple single. Triple single. 44% from the field. 71.2% 71.2% from, from three free throws, right? He doesn't, the only thing he does exceptionally well is defense. Like he's, he's a defensive player, right? He It's effort. But guys like Ben Wallace, like we had questions about Ben Wallace, right? And you're talking about max effort guys. And to me, player comp is Dennis Rodman. But Dennis Rodman's a far better player than Draymond Green. Right, right. It's not even close, in my opinion. Yeah, right. But like, it's hard. It's hard to come up with a player comp and, you know, justify this. Draymond Green is is a good role player. He fits this team very well. Draymond Green cannot be a star on his own. Draymond Green probably can't be a complementary player to another a different star than Steph Curry or Klay Thompson because they have a very unique set of skills that Draymond Green complements very well. You put him on the Lakers with Russell Westbrook, I don't I don't see it, you know? You put him, name a superstar. Like, you put him in Miami with Jimmy Butler, that could be a fucking train wreck, and I'd be there for it. Like, I would love to see that. I would like to see Jimmy Butler and Dr- Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I kind of want to see Jimmy and Draymond on the same court. Like that would be that would be hilarious, but um, yeah, like he just has a very specific set of skills. He's right place, right time. I just don't see him as a Hall of Famer. 
Email number two comes from Daniela in Coral Gables, Florida. Hey, we're trending south of D.C. We finally made it. Tyreek Hill said on his Needed to be Said podcast last week that Tua was more accurate than Patrick Mahomes. Too soon to take shots at his former teammate? You know, Tyreek's going to learn the hard way how good he had it. You know, I, I do agree Tua might be more accurate, but Pat can throw bombs. Don't compare a Honda to a Ferrari. I mean, Hill's not a possession receiver. He's a speed guy. Speed guy needs to run as far as he can, run under the ball, catch it, and keep on running. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's too soon. You haven't even played a real game with this guy, and last year he didn't even know the offense. I mean... <laughs> How are we defining accuracy, right? Are we defining it as completion percentage? Are we are we defining it as uh, he's going to throw it to an open spot and I'm going to run under it? Like how is how is Mr. Hill assessing this accuracy? Is it the the stationary drill that uh, Russell Wilson won at? Um, I was at the. Uh, uh, it was during the Super Bowl. It was at the, the Players' Week. Like, are you doing it that way? Like, how are we assessing this? Because if you're looking at completion percentage, like, Tua Tungavailoa is 66.2. Patrick Mahomes is 66.1. First career. So, that is very interesting. Is it shade? It's absolutely shade. And is it... Tyreek Hill trying to be a good teammate to build up his quarterback who he knows is under fire. That's also true. But when you look at, if you look at the game, right? If you actually watch, and I'm not saying watch highlights, I'm saying actually watch the game. You cannot put Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tungabailoa in the same stratosphere. The only thing they have in common is that they play quarterback. That is it, and that is all. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes is head and shoulders above Tua Tungavailoa and will be head and shoulders above Tua Tungavailoa for a very long time. You know, kudos to Tyree Hill for trying to prop his guy up, but I don't see it. I don't see it at all. Email number three. From Drew in Costa Mesa, California. Hey, now we're on the West Coast. Nice. Jarek McKinnon signed back with the Chiefs this week. Who do you ultimately see leading the team in carries this year? I actually like Rojo. I think he's got a lot to prove. He played for the Bucks, has a ring, was replaced by Leonard Fournette. I think he's got a lot to prove. I, I like his chances of being their guy. I can see it being a relatively even split if Edwards Alaire is healthy. If Edwards Alaire is not healthy, then it's going to be the Rojo show. And Rojo has demonstrated that he can do the job, right? Granted, Leonard Fournette can do it better, but Leonard Fournette's not here. So I think Rojo deserves a shot to see what he can do. Jarek McKinnon is a third down back. You know, he's not a guy that is going to carry the workload. You know, he didn't do it in Minnesota. He didn't do it 
in San Francisco. It's just not, it's not his deal. And it's okay. You know, not everybody's a bell cow. How many running backs in this league are actively considered bell cows? Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. Like, that's about it. Like, that that's the only, those are the only two I would say are definitive bell cow backs. So, I think Rojo and Edwards Hilaire are definitely going to get their fair share just because, you know, the wideouts, I mean, Juju, Hardman, and Valdez Scantling do not equal Tyreek Hill. You throw in Josh Gordon, too. Four of them. They don't equal Tyreek Hill. Sorry. So, at this point in time, the Chiefs are definitely going to be a run heavy. And it's definitely good. It's not going to be like the Chiefs that we're used to. And I think that's going to benefit them in the long run because everybody's so geared up for this pass, pass, pass. And you just hammer away with, with Edwards, Alaire, and Rojo. And this could be something that keeps them going and sustains their dynasty of one for a little bit longer. The Fade Store presents the alleged superstar of the week award. Right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the alleged superstar of the week. You know how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at FadeRouteDNZ and you vote and you vote and you vote and you vote. And do you know, D, do you know who took home the stellar ass trophy last week? I don't. <coughs> well, it was one Deshaun Watson. Like Deshaun Watson is starting to starting to run away with this to the point where we may need to make it the Deshaun Watson Alleged Superstar of the Week award. I'm just saying. I'm throwing it out there. But Deshaun Watson was last week. Who was your nominee list for this week, Dave? All right. First up, I've got Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders calling the assault on the Capitol a minor dust-up. Just stick to coaching the football team, Jack. Jack Del Rio, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, the Italy national team lost to Germany 5-2. Gave up five goals to Germany, including two to Timo Warner. What is going on with the Italians? The Azuri. Guys are my alleged superstar of the week. And last, and a surprise to you, Z, Steph Curry, best shooter of all time, goes 0 for 9 from 3 in game 5 with only 16 points, but his team still wins. You're supposed to be the finals MVP and possibly a top 10 player of all time. Dude, you gotta hit your three-point shots and you gotta will your team to victory. Steph Curry, you, my friend, are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you have, Z? Well, first and foremost, you put Steph Curry out. I did like the Tim Allen. Really? Yeah. Uh, like that, that just like, that kind of knocked me for a loop. But uh, all good choices. 
all good choices in Italy is just, you know, they lost to South Central Macedonia or whatever it was. What is know, going like, on? Nor- Northwestern Macedonia State. Like, I-, I don't know. But, you know, all I know is that our, that our Azuri are not going anywhere near that World Cup in Qatar. Brutal. And, Brutal. you know, it's, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous how the mighty have fallen just from Euro last year. They, they right, won. they won they the won. Euro. They, they won. won the Euro. And now they we can't won. can't beat anybody. 5-2. Oh. Good lord, man. Come on. Granted, I get it's Germany, but still, like, come on. You, you're better than that. But speaking of you're better than that, Tony LaRusso, for your two-strike, two-out, intentional walk to Trey Turner that turned into a three-run jack for Max Muncy. Four-pitch walk him. Huh? Yeah. It's like, one and two? Nah, it's all right. First base. Freddie Freeman took second. Nah, we'll set up the force. There are two outs, Tony. I said what I said. Damn it. I said what I said. What I said. Apparently, he was going, looking at old numbers because Max Muncy, you know, oh, he's not hitting lefties well. He took him deep. He, he tanked. So, you can't defend this gap, Tony. No wonder the fans were chanting, fire Tony. Tony LaRussa, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Fox Sports for refusing to show trans icon and Jeopardy champion Amy Schneider's first pitch at the Dodgers-Giants pride game, instead showing Kurt Busch's pitch from two days ago to promote a NASCAR race. Huh? This is Pride Month on Pride Day. Featuring San Francisco Giants and LA Dodgers. Like, what are you doing? Like, what what agenda like are you promoting here? Like, I get that you you have NASCAR and you want to promote NASCAR, but really, dude, I that's just that's just reeks of transphobia and it just reeks of tone deafness, especially since it's Pride Month. Fox Sports, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Jay Monahan, for not only suspending PGA golfers for affiliation with the Saudi Live Tour, but doubling down on the decision by saying the golfers need the PGA Tour. Need I remind you, the winner, Charles Schwartzel, took home 4 million smackaroos. Jay, Bobby, they don't need you, homie. They don't need you right now. Jay Monahan, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece, ladies and gentlemen. Go to the poll. It goes up after the show. And vote, and vote, and vote, and vote. And for our nominees. Just you better, boys. Just you better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz 
Com. Order up. All right, boys and girls, it is time for us to order up. Order up, order up. This week, we are continuing with our ordering up of our favorite jerseys. And we finally got there. Our favorite football jerseys. Here they are. From five to one. Who you got, Dave? Oh, it's such a beautiful collection, I feel like. But the first up I have is the Ravens. Loving their home black jersey. White numbers with the gold outline and the purple depth to the numbers. It is one of my favorite jerseys. And it has the Ravens crest on the sleeve. Little B and R, little Maryland flag in there. It's awesome. Number four, I have the Bucks away jersey, the white jersey. You got the red numbers, black eye outline, pirate ship on the sleeve. Brady rocking that 12. Definitely going to pick that up before he retires. Uh, number three, surprise you, Buffalo Bills. Their current away jersey, the white jersey, blue numbers, uh, red outline. It's a beautiful jersey. I remember when C.J. Spiller used to rock the 28 in that. It was it was beautiful. I'll probably get an Allen one of these days. Number two, this was close for me. Number one and number two is hard. But with number two, I went with the 1998 49ers home and away jersey. So the away jersey was the white jersey. Uh, red numbers, gold outlining with black interior. And I loved it when they wore it with the white pants, but the gold pants were nice too. And then the home jersey was the red jersey, white numbers, black outline, gold pants. That's a hot, that's a hot jersey. And number one, it's every kid's favorite jersey back in the day. It was that Dolphins jersey, the all-time jersey where you have uh it has to be the away one with the white. The, it was the white jersey. You had the teal numbers. And uh, I got my Dan Marino jersey here with the orange outline. And the dolphin wearing the helmet on the sleeve. And then you had the striped sleeve with the, the teal, white, orange, hot. Z, what do you got? I mean, those are good choices. I mean, we can't really go wrong with any of them. For me, I'm going with. The 99 Giants as my number five. Oh, oh this is garbage. Classic. 99 Giants. The 99 oh, Giants. Jeez. Now, but they're not consider- They're not so appreciably different from the Phil Sims and the Lawrence Taylors and the ah. early on of Michael Strahan. Like I like these uniforms. I like when they bring it back for the color rush. Right? They which bring one? All- Wait, which jersey? The home or the away? I personally like, I personally will go with either, but like the all white, I think it's kind of slick. Like, I think it's nice with the blue helmet. I think it's a pretty cool look. And, you know, I get excited when they break it out for the color rush. And, you know, it just takes you back to better times as a giant fan. <laughs> so, like, for me, okay, I'm going yeah. with that. Okay, no. yeah. It's, it's very close to the Bills jersey. It's not, it's, it's not that far off. It's not that far off. No, it's not like the it's not like the peerless price Bills jersey with the red on it. Like right. that was a little too far away, but the Giants are just nostalgic enough. Number four, I mean I like the Patriots. Like it's just classic, right? The navy blue 
with the gray and the silver helmet. It's just the, the Patriot logo. At this point, it's become as iconic as the Yankee pinstripes. So, I mean, I would do this. If, if we're going to do like polarizing teams, right? It would be the New England Patriots or the Dallas Cowboys. Well, fuck the Cowboys. So I'm going with the Patriots. Number three, the New York Jets. 98 to 2000, the Bill Parcells, Vinny Testaverde Jets, where you had the green with the white on the sleeve or the white with the green on the sleeve with the jet as a football. To me, that is just old school as old school gets with the green sandy stocks. Like that is just classic. And it really like, it classed up the joint a little bit for the Jets. You know, the, the Jets can sometimes come off as a little, you know, with that Kelly green and just, it comes off as like derivative of the Eagles. This like really set them apart and made them look like their own kind of, you know, their own design. This might seem a little out there, but number two for me, it's a time period. The 2004 to 2008 Seattle Seahawks with that teal, like that dark teal. Yeah. Like the Matt Hassel, you see Matt Hasselbeck, you see Sean Alexander in it for a little bit. Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice was in it. It's a a different uniform, you know? It definitely, like, it caught your attention. And it wasn't, you know, I can't, personally can't stand the neon green ones, like the highlighter ones. But this one, it's understated. And it was just a departure from previous Seahawks lore. And it just, you know, it made it for something different and refreshing. And number one for me, it's a tie. It's the same franchise, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, creamsicle orange, right? Retro, classic, Steve Young, exactly what you think of when you picture, right? The vintage Bucks, but then also the Brad Johnson, Mike Allstott, Warren Sapp with the red jersey, with the pewter helmet, with the small Buccaneer flag, not the giant one that was like wrapping around the helmet. Like that's a little too garish. This one here is just clean. And also it, it was fearsome. Like you were, you knew you were going into Tampa Bay and you were in for a fight. But when you look at the other ones, they were just such staples of mediocrity. The creamsicle ones. Like, you knew you were going into Tampa and you were going to win. And you were going to win big. But either way, they they represented they, they represented the spirit and they represented the vibe of the team very well. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, Spy, on, on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. If you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com. Slide in our DMs on IG at Podcast. Drop us a DM on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ. 
comment on our YouTube channel, The Fade Route with DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it, we want to hear from you. Get at us, Incrowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.